Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I used the focus prayer to sort of steal what I planned on teaching about today since I got focus prayer and got an opportunity to teach. But, um, I just want to talk about the rep- recipe recipe for apostolic revival. The recipe. Um, and I believe that's what this world needs. They need an apostolic revival. And I believe our word, this word here, it starts at the beginning. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one little tittle of this law to fail is what the word of God says. It does tell us that all scripture, all scripture is, is given with the inspiration of God. It might have been man writing it, but it was for our, our benefit that God was breathing out his will and his purpose in this word. So I believe his recipe comes through his word, obviously. There ain't nothing outside the word that's going to bring apostolic revival. It's simple. It's written out. Uh, it's found in the word of God. It, it's already settled today. It's already settled. If we could turn our attention to the book of Psalms, one of my favorite books, 119 and 89. Short scripture here. It says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. His word is settled in heaven. We do know, we read the back of the book we are on the winning side this thing's settled but there's things that could still benefit us this thing is not over we got to endure to the end we got to endure to the end and we got to constantly every day just put this word in our life you know david did say you know your word is a lamp you know it's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path you know, I mean, this word of God shows the way and directs us. And uh, this world needs salvation. That's why they really, truly need apostolic revival. There's a lot of different things floating around nowadays that say this is revival. But I'm telling you, apostolic revival, if you go to the book of Acts and you read about it from the beginning, what transpired when revival broke out um, is quite a bit different than a lot of other revivals that people are putting the name revival on. Am I right? All right. It, apostolic revival was something that sort of just took over. I mean, it wasn't coincidental. I prayed that that when apostolic revival happened, that that people brought their sorcery books and stuff together and they burnt them tanks. They realized that no longer were they dependent upon what the enemy, you know, the little bit of supernatural power that they could get and do do things of that sort. It was still weaker than what the power generated from apostolic revival and the apostolics that um, brought forth the word. We're in need of an apostolic revival. 
telling you we're living in an hour that the church of the living God can't afford not to have revival. There's too much nonsense going on out in this world. There's too much, I mean, there's some bad stuff happening out there. We, for instance, we were at a funeral yesterday for a lady, um, church lady, so it wasn't such a bad thing. You know, funerals ain't the most exciting places to go, but we were during procession, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere at the end of this thing, just a random man was running from the police, showed up to the funeral at the church, and ran in the bathroom with cops on him. I mean, that's the world we're living on today. They had to get the man out of the bathroom. He tried blending it into the parking lot. But it's the world that we're living in. I mean, there's people, you know, their kids are getting taken. They're handed to different parents because their parents are drug addicts. It's a sad situation. People are living for themselves and not for the children. I mean, there's a lot of, much like Sodom and Gomorrah, the world that we're living in now. Uh, we need apostolic revival. And we're apostolic, and we need this thing to continue. Just like the book of Acts. It said, you shall receive power after you get the Holy Ghost. But what is apostolic revival? What it is? Obviously, apostolic revival, if you believe we're in need of it, I believe the recipe is believing what this word of God says. Staying true to the apostolic doctrine that they preached and taught. And um, it's not by accident. They didn't do anything extraordinary. They just unlearned ignorant men. But they got a hold of, the, of what God told them to preach and teach. And things happened. You see, they, they preached repentance. Repentance. Um, John preached that too. And then, you know, obviously, after... Um, you know, after John's the dispensation of the repentance went away, that have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they put their hands upon him, they received the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And um, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, not as somebody told them how to speak in tongues, but as the Holy Ghost took over, and, and they spoke in an unknown tongue. And they edified themselves with the Lord. And he, they received salvation just like the book of Acts. It was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that got a hold of some lives. And um, we believe in one God. Our Bible says one, one Lord, one faith, one salvation. One God above all, through all, and in all of us. You say, you know. And, and even from the very book, beginning of the Bible... Was it Deuteronomy 6 and 4? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You know, beside me there is no other. You know, um, there's so many scriptures that we can look and take a part of this apostolic doctrine. We heard uh, lots of them not that long ago. But you see, there's uh, many scriptures that pinpoint the oneness, that pinpoint repentance. Um, this apostolic doctrine is something that we got to allow not only for conception but we got to allow the total I mean if you look at the book of Acts here I mean this is the apostolic doctrine along with the word of God and that's what we got to pay attention to uh, I mean there's a lot of Pentecostal churches out there what, separat what separates us from other Pentecostal churches it ain't Einstein but it it's our message it's the doctrine that we preach 
It's the doctrine um, of repentance, water baptism, separation from this world, all them things. It's just as much as part of our apostolic doctrine as anything else. Um, there are a lot of doctrines floating around out there. Uh, you know, if you look at from the very beginning, um, obviously our doctrine sort of takes us out of who we are and takes us to a place that God's wanting to bring us. Just like the children of Israel, you know, getting out of Egypt, getting out of sin. And this doctrine, this message is more than enough to get us out of here. We're not, it ain't broke. We don't need to fix it. It's what it formulated recipe for revival. If we could look here, it's what the 12 preached. That's the, that's the doctrine that we need. Does anybody here today, I believe we, we're, we're thankful for that doctrine, that form of doctrine that was brought our way that saved our souls. I mean, the, the Bible does speak. I have no greater joy than my children walking in truth. The truth. It's important. It's what's going to set a life free. And we have, that, we have that truth. We've been handed down that truth. If we could look at our doctrine in the message that, that transpired through simple, unlearned, ignorant men that, that, that brought spiritual life into our world. It, it begins in the book of Acts. Obviously, Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after you receive the Holy Ghost. But if we skip down to Acts 2, 38 through 42, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name, obviously there's no other name, under heaven whereby we must be saved. No other name. That's our doctrine. We've got to beat that in our brain. But Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them 3,000 souls I believe we're still continuing in apostolic revival but you see there is salvation there is conception but there also it goes on to a point that we got to continually stay saved and that's why we need the apostolic doctrine that's why we need to pray and be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and read our Bibles and allow this thing to adjust our, our lives to what the Word of God says you know, that's what the doctrine does. We, we can't, we can't, um, it, it, this doctrine, this world, you know, would like to tell us, you know, it's no longer the doctrine of separation. I'm not going to get real deep into that. But I'm telling you, it is about separating yourself from sin. Separating yourself from your old man. Separate, and, and the Lord gives us the power of that. It, it's not our, our choosing to pick and choose what we want we, got, we want all the doctrine we want everything that's in there and, and it's our responsibility to give them that it's not a salad bar type thing we can pick and choose what we want because that's what separates that's why there's so many doctrines out there we got any apostolics in here today that are thankful for the apostolic doctrine this is just a part of me this is not hard for me to look for I'm not just looking for something you know to obviously I could probably teach y'all happy here today but I believe if we want apostolic revival 
we need to see the importance and relook at at what brought us to this point and what's going to continue to bring something supernatural because there's some disciples that were doing things that we really ain't I mean yeah we see them happen we hear stories but are we doing them things has this doctrine got a hold of us is that what we're so passionate about amen and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine see they continued in it that's what we got to do as a church we got to continue in the doctrine and fellowship and a breaking of bread and prayers we need to continue Romans 6 and 17 it says but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin but ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered you the form of doctrine that was delivered you you see they were delivered that message right before Acts 2.38 and a lot of them were pricked in their hearts you know Peter was bold enough to tell them what they probably didn't want to hear but what they needed to hear and they allowed their hearts to be pricked and they repented and therefore they recipients of salvation right then and there they received Holy Ghost in it and it spoke through them thank the Lord for the apostolic doctrine the word of God you know it says it's sharper than any two edged sword piercing divided and sundered you know in thoughts and intents of the heart but the Lord is desiring to put that doctrine not only um, as a mandate of to do list and be a drudgery but it's something that's got to be in our heart if not we're doing it for the wrong reasons we don't want to do it just because somebody else wants us to do it we got to get a love for it within ourselves because we're not teaching and preaching conformity we're preaching that you get a love for what the word of God says that you might be blessed and grow in the Lord and have spiritual authority in your life amen alright but we're living in an hour that basically a lot of this doctrine is no longer no longer preached but our Bible does say that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever his word is already settled I already went over that and we got to continue in that doctrine I said that too uh, you see second um, Timothy 3 1 through 16 is quite a few scriptures I'm going to read that but it's sort of a day and an hour of what we're looking at what we're dealing with with this world much like Sodom and Gomorrah it says this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves they're going to be covetous they're going to be boasters they're going to be proud they're going to be blasphemers they're going to be disobedient to parents they're going to be unthankful they're going to be unholy they're going to be without natural affection they're going to be truce breakers they're going to be false accusers in contentment without control I believe is what that means fierce despisers of those that are good traitors high minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away there's a lot of other doctrines for of this sort there are which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with diverse lust they're going to be ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth the truth that they got to obey the doctrine now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses 
so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith if we look at that Janus and Jambri them were the two that withstood Moses when he was at Pharaoh they were throwing down their snakes turning into serpents and all that but there's one thing they couldn't do when the, I believe it was the plague of the lice they could not do that, that but they were operating at the power through Satan through sorceries these things Moses and Aaron when they met them too obviously they brought God was back in them they could do anything the Lord wanted them to do but you see the, the, what they were doing was going to keep them in bondage same aspect they were resisting the truth now when we're presented the, the gospel and, and basically the doctrine of truth like, like Moses and Aaron it's going to take you out of Egypt it's going to work your life over and, and, and take you to a place that the Lord has for your life it's not going to keep you there but they proceed no further for their folly be manifested unto all men as theirs also was but thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long suffering charity patience persecutions afflictions would come unto me at Anoch and Iconium at Listeria what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me yea and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution that's something for Christians to remember that, that's a good one we're going to suffer all right but if we're not suffering we need to reevaluate things and see because this is an hour where it's going to reveal some things things are going to be shaken and things are not and we want to be worthy to bear his name and suffer but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of them knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation from a child we were taught this through faith which is in Christ Jesus all scripture can we say that all scripture all scripture is given by inspiration of God and I mean people they, they want to say it, the missing book of the Bible Acts let's jump rope that baby you know but that's where we get our message thank the Lord for it it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness so it's going to reprove us it's going to correct us it is going to instruct us how to be righteous but we do understand we're not just getting to that point where we don't need the Lord that, that, that we think we're righteous and everybody ain't we're not there but we do understand the importance of allowing a doctrine to, to teach us to give us a desire to live holy and right before the Lord all scripture is given by the inspiration of God it's profitable for doctrine reproof and correction we are living in an hour that truth is on attack the enemy he's doing the same tactics he's always done he's trying to spread deception the smear game or whatever he's trying to just twist it just a little just like he did with Eve he could use almost the whole scripture just not all of it and really say what God had to say but he's deceiving things I mean whether or not not even in the church just deception is widespread there's many that are being deceived and I'm telling you the recipe for apostolic revival is still the doctrine 
Still the doctrine. If you look in other scriptures in the Bible, we're going to try to stay in the word here. It's not just going to be my opinion. This is the word of God. Paul told Timothy, he actually charged Timothy. He said, preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. We've got to walk in this and be ready. Uh, out of season we're going to have to reprove you're going to have to rebuke you're going to have to exhort it does say with all long suffering it don't say kill people with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own ears or their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears telling them what they want to hear and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's why the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. It, it, it lets us know that we got to get in it and we got to know what it is. That's why we must continuously read our word. Because the enemy could trip us up in so many ways if we just we let down one little thing, you know. We got, we got to keep it all in aspect here. Ephesians 4 and 14. That we, we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. I sort of like how it says wind of doctrine. Because it talks about how the enemy is the prince, of, prince and power of the air. There's different doctrines floating around that we don't need to be pay, paying attention to. By the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they wait, they lie wait to deceive. Um, I mean, they lie wait to deceive. And see, the thing of it is, these men are very influential and they're very powerful as far as to the religious world I mean when it comes down to it there's going to be a religious influencer working with the antichrist if you, if you guys have studied that no there, there's going to be it's going to be big and it's going to be popular you know it, these people are not going to teach and preach sound doctrine people are going to love it because they can live any way they want and it, the teacher or preacher will massage their shoulders and tell them they're going to heaven and probably run the credit card on, on the offering plate. You know what I mean? That I, <laughs> I believe there's a hot spot for them if they're not preaching truth. But anyhow, I mean, if we look, even in Houston, Joel Olstein, I'm going to beat up on him today. I, I know I'm probably getting taped, but I do got to take account for everything I, I, I teach here today. But he, he preaches a feel-good message. A feel-good message. There ain't no doctrine to it. There ain't nothing that's going to bring about a new life. He's going to tell you whatever you want to hear but he I mean I'm not saying there ain't truth to being blessed as far as you're giving I got a good friend of mine he's not in truth he's an old gangster from Chicago he's my fishing buddy he don't live around here anymore but anyhow he has learned the principle of how being blessed through giving he got mad at his preacher for a little bit he got a different one and, uh, and I guess he didn't agree with him but he still understood the necessity of, of giving he, he would this is pretty funny he would show up to church and he would give his tithes and offering and then he'd go play his sports league <laughs> and the Lord would still bless him you know what I mean it was pretty funny but I don't know 
I try to convince him every time I go fishing about the apostolic doctrine. I try to convince him that you need to pay attention to this, you know. And I give him scripture, I give him verse, the Holy Ghost speaks. But, you know, I'm, I'm still working on him. He's seven-day Adventist. He thinks the Holy Ghost is of the devil. I'm like, uh, no, it really ain't, you know, because I've experienced it and uh, got the devil out of me, you know. <laughs> I still got to repent every day. I'm not perfect, but, you know. But anyhow these preachers these deceivers they're getting paid a whole lot more to say a whole lot less they got compounds mansions they're millionaires they're getting I mean they, they tip two through the tulips so to say I mean there's quite a few things here I mean they're prosperity preachers they're not gonna they're not gonna preach against sin they're not gonna preach against hell they're not gonna bring that up that's not popular um, they're not going to bring up doctrine they're, they're not going to you know they're getting paid so much more to preach so much less a, a true preacher will, will treat, preach you truth and sound doctrine you know if just say a hard headed radical walked in there like me Joel Osteen's church not trying to be mean to the people but if the Lord told me to preach truth, I would get up there and tell them they need to repent, they need to get rid of some things, they need to obey Acts 2.38, and I'd preach them a little bit more doctrine. And I'll tell you what, the people that didn't want to line up to, they'd probably scatter like quail. They want to hear what they want to hear. And, and there, there's those that will teach them that for years and years and years. I think it would be relentless. There's quite a bit to the doctrine, fresh manna in there. I don't understand why they want to hear the same thing over and over. I mean, yes, we need an intervening Savior that takes all our troubles away, and we need faith to believe him for miracles, and we need blessed in our finances. There, but there's so much more that, that we have in walking in truth and righteousness and spiritual authority and seeing real miracles, signs, and wonders happen. This doctrine that these false teachers teach, the Bible also speaks how the, the, the blind are going to be leading the blind. They're both going to fall in the ditch. They ain't going nowhere. They're going to be in a ditch. You know? But Revelation 2 and 6, it talks about all the seven churches. What kind of churches? The Lord sort of gives them a report card, so to say. The Nicolaitans. Let's look at this doctrine that they were preaching. The seven churches. I believe this was a church in Ephesus. They had some... He, he, if you read through the different seven churches, the report card, this is pretty good teaching and preaching. But it says... But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which also I hate. He was letting them know, I hate, the, I hate, their, hate their doctrine. Revelation 2 and 15, he once again is bringing this to the attention about this church there. In 2 and 15 it says, So hast thou also them that hate the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. The Ephesians church. He, he told them, I, I believe, well, you hate what I hate. But he still has somewhat against them. But the Lord did hate the Nicolaitan doctrine. Like I said, it was sort of a salad bar. Salad bar type deal. They pick and choose what they want. Basically what they believed, you can eat the things sacrificed to idols. And to commit fornication, which is ungodly, obviously. And turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. 
What is lasciviousness? Is uncontrolled lust is what lasciviousness is. I read one article on the internet sort of describing this a little bit better so I have a broader understanding of what it might be. It says, There are many who profess this Nicolaitan doctrine that the Lord hated, that they would profess to be Christians while they have having a sinful and moral life, but their profession will not cover them in the day of God. It's going to be revealed then. There is a large class who trample upon God's law and break its precepts and teach others to do the same, terming it is a yoke of bondage. No, what the Lord's word does is break the yoke of bondage and brings freedom to lives. Amen. While with words they exalt Jesus and talk of being saved by grace. These are the ones which are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. I know that seems pretty blatant, you know. That's just how it is, really. It seems pretty blatant there. But there, there's even, we got to pay attention because, see, the enemy don't just come after us. He's pretty smart and throws stuff that we're totally against. He just, he'll come in, he'll come in all sly and he'll start just to believe a little bit different on one thing he'll work on you it's a gradual slide that he would like us to go down to get us from believing this doctrine to basically believing something else that will gradually get us lost is what he's wanting to lead us in his agenda is to steal kill and destroy and this doctrine you know of the bible this doctrine that we stand for is separation from sin and it's not going to bring bondage. It's going to bring spiritual life. It's going to give you a life, you know, that is, um, it's going to give you an overcoming life. An overcoming life. It's going to give you the power to separate yourself from these things. It is obviously a journey. You don't obviously just get perfect once you receive the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm not there, you know. But that's why you got to stay in the Word and let the Word preach and teach things and adjust your life to the doctrine that the word of God has now see the subtleness of, of allowing doctrines just with one little twist or something that switches and keep us off guard is um, you know we, we can do away I believe the elders they obviously we're living in a new day I hear that a lot we're living in a new day you know, we can't reach them and catch them the same way. I understand we can't go out there at the fishing pole with the hook and say, get on the hook, <laughs> you know what I mean, or else, you know what I mean. We, we got to sort of finesse them, we got to reel them, we got to do these things, right? But there's a right way. It says, you know, the Bible does speak and tells Timothy also. If you look at, um, he says that the teacher, preacher of God must be patient. He must be one that, that just takes his time in a way and helps those that, it, that basically um, resist themselves. They resist things for their own selves. That's not good to them. I can bring you to that scripture. I, my mind's going a little blank here today. But there's a subtleness, a creeping, just a little changing. Just back, you preach faith all the time. Don't preach separation. Preach Acts 2.38 and one God, and that's it. There's more to live and write than Acts 2.38 and one God. I'm not going to beat up and name all these things, but I got respect for my elders, those that brought the old paths, those that told me 
it's not time to make more provision for our flesh I don't want to go back to my old life I don't want to play around and try to accept things that's going to bring me back into a life I used to sit in my bed at night after raging for a weekend and ask the Lord to kill me I was miserable I don't want that old man resurrected in my life that's why these other things I, I'm not trying to hit on you guys I'm just telling you that it's, it's not going to work for me I'm, I'm not going back there I done made up my mind as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord I'm going to stay in the word of God I'm going to allow these things to work every fleshly nature out of my life so be it you know I'm, I'm not ridiculous and, and you know believe in some doctrines where men can spank their wives or whatever else there's some stupid things out there that are ungodly that's not in the word of God but there's things in there that we got to embrace there's things in there that we got to embrace so this subtleness goes we must stay on the established paths we must preach doctrine separation from this world we don't want to make provision for the set for the flesh and see this deception comes from being more acceptive of things that used to not be right like I said before the word of God is the same yesterday today and forever the unadulterated word of God becoming more relative that's a trick of the enemy I'm not saying we can't have words on the board you know what I'm saying I, I'm just saying we can't get everything so relative so comfortable that people don't want to change that don't want to put on the new man it's more than conception it's a lifestyle uh, that would be pleasing and acceptable to God so when we come there we would be ready and we could tell God we could tell others and our life would tell them that you can too live an overcoming life I'm not lying to you um, the Lord's still working on me but you can't do this see this doctrine it brings change to our life we got to adjust to it it says love not the world neither the things that are in the world you know the love of father is not going to be in you that's, that's part of the doctrine it's you know we're not of those that go around to establish their own righteousness we want to submit ourselves to the righteousness of God he says for I am holy be holy to never change you see they get away from that there's less doctrine what this is is more leaven more man's wisdom it's popular look at Joel Osteen's church look at it it's big people are loving that but it's not right it's not of God and I guarantee you the blessing of God is not going to be on them like it will be to those that are preaching or abiding by what the Lord preached and taught. Amen. The enemy would love to say, go ahead, preach and teach. Hit on a few things, but just don't preach sound doctrine. Just don't preach that, please. It offends. But it don't offend you if you're in the Word of God and you got a prayer life and you're not looking for a cheaper way to heaven. I don't think when we get there we're gonna we're gonna get there and argue with the Lord. I wish I wouldn't have gave up this. You know, I wish I wouldn't have gave up that. I wouldn't have had to. The, the Lord says this is all right. You know, we're just gonna be thankful that we paid what it makes to get there. You know, whatever sacrifice make it, it was worth it. This life is but a vapor. But I do understand I got to give account for what I, I teach here today but the Lord has worked this in my spirit and 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it here today. I'm not going to... I hope you received my spirit in it. I woke up early. I prayed. I, I prayed this week. I got 40, different, 40 50 different teaching message, messages that I could, I could probably teach you happy today, but I am going to teach this sound doctrine of God today. So that's what the Lord gave me. So I had to start from scratch on a busy week. I had an uncle pass this week. I had another funeral to go to. I had to work like a maniac past dark every day you know so it's been a busy week but I'm telling you we got to embrace this apostolic doctrine if we're going to want apostolic revival and I'm not going to be happy I don't know about you guys with anything other than apostolic revival because I know what the Lord can do he already showed me what he can do and I'm ready to experience that we need apostolic revival there is going to be, obviously, there's going to be much opposition to this. Here was a little bit more of that scripture I couldn't think of earlier. You do have to be patient and gentle, instructing those that oppose themselves. Hopefully I'm patient and gentle enough. I'm, I understand I'm more of a straight shooter, but I'm doing my best today. But you see, these, these apostles, I think partially much of how it talks about how the godly shall suffer persecution they went around preaching and teaching nothing new but they preached the doctrine that offended so many people they wanted to get them out of their city they're turning the world upside down but you see it brought down the power the Lord was delivering those that were oppressed of the enemy those that were oppressed those were stuck in sin they were being set free it was a doctrine the Lord backed. It was something that the Lord wanted to work in because it was his word working through them and they just gave it to them as the Holy Ghost would speak through them. We need a love for this apostolic doctrine like our elders had. If I just name a few of them today that I look up to, I, you know, I, I, don't, I listen to a lot of preaching. That's what I do with my spare time. I do that, you know, probably more than I need to read my Bible and pray. I probably need to switch that around. Lord forgive me I'm being honest today but uh, <laughs> but I'm thankful for the elders that, that preached this message I know what they preached I was brought in with it but if you look at it here who, who would you draw from that preached sound doctrine that, that, told, that preached sin off your life that, not in a hateful way but in a loving way who would it be that you could name here I'm sure there's many that I did not name here but there's a verbal being I like him. There's a James Kilgore. He's a mighty man of God. Just to put his life on the line. There's a Charles Mahaney. He's one of my favorites. He's one of the funniest guys that's ever been in Pentecost. Used to be a devil worshiper. But he did receive the doctrine. And he did preach it pretty straight. He actually wrote an article about how did if you want to be a revival church, there's three characteristics. You got to be a giving church. You got to be a loving church. And he said there was a conservative church. So they believe in the doctrine. Charles Mahaney, there was a C.M. Becton. He was a good one. There was a Billy Cole. The man has got some good insight. He's a little, he was a little different, but man, he, people were bringing dead people to the crusades and, and they were getting raised again. He was a man of God. There was a J.T. Pugh. If you ever want to read a good book, look at his book, The Wisdom and Power of the Cross. It's a powerful, awesome book. There was an I.H. Terry. And um, partially what I'm speaking today, I, I listened to one sermon one time. I ain't stealing all his thoughts. Obviously, this is me. But he said, um, don't leave the doctrine. 
He was a powerful man. I believe 30 or 40 truth preachers came under his ministry, got raised up, and they're mighty men of the Lord. Charles Grissom. There was a David Gray. There was a George Glass. Obviously one of the best, T.W. Barnes, as a prophet. A lot of faith preaching. I'm not saying there's nothing against it, but there's more, obviously, but he had the whole asset. He worked through the miracles. There was a Paul Price. I, this is people I draw from. Everybody's got their own people. Paul Price. Also those that are still alive. There's a Randy Keys, A brother Jack Cunningham. He's a mighty man. There's even a younger one that I draw from. A brother Mark Brown. The reason I'm saying these, all these men have something in common. They believed and they taught this doctrine. Paul Mooney. Larry Booker. Brother Gary Howard. There's a Jonathan Alvier. There's a Johnny Godair. There's a Jess Parker. There's a Floyd Odom. There's a Brother Urshan, Nathaniel Urshan. There's a Miles Young, a Rod Tiller, Wade Bass. There's a Tony Spell and many others. I mean, we put so many more there. That's the ones that I draw from. But what do all these men have in common? Obviously, they're men of God. They're men reaching for souls, but they the men with fear and favor would preach you the doctrine of God. And that's what we want. We need men to give us the unadulterated word of God. 2 Timothy 3 and 12. I just got a few more minutes and I'll be quiet after this. 2 Timothy 3 and 12. It says, Yea, and all they that live godly in Christ, Jesus, shall suffer persecution. Lastly, 1 Timothy 4 and 16. It says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear ye. Obviously, it's those that gladly receive it. But the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and be obedient in that form of doctrine. Do we have any lovers of apostolic doctrine in this house today? Thank the Lord for it. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I want to challenge each and every one in here today. Get in that word. See if I'm in that word. Rightly divide that word and let the word speak to you. I don't know. I stick with the King James. That's as close as it is. I won't. Actually, I don't own another one. I don't know. I mean, I ain't just preaching against all other versions here today, but I believe in that version. And I'm thankful for it. But the, we got to rightly divide. We can't just take our preacher's word for it I mean obviously we can we can trust him he's a watcher of our soul but we need to get that word in there for ourselves because we need words on Monday we need words on Tuesday obviously every day of the week and if we put that word in us it's going to bring forth fruit if we let it work things off our life that the word tells us to cut off it's going to benefit our life and our walk with God that's just truth 2 Timothy 3 and 16 it says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God all scripture and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for instruction and for righteousness 
it's time for more than just the minority to take a stand and fall in love with this and fall in love with this apostolic doctrine I'm telling you we need more to see the glory to see the power I've seen it the Lord's told me we're going to have to take a stand I understand I'll take account for this today but this is how it's going to be if we want it that's how it's going to be I feel that from the Lord I don't like just running around looking like a doofus throwing around my family and stuff but I'm telling you the Lord showed me that there's going to be monumental revival here I was, a, I was a part of a very conservative church I got to preach once a week had no problem with it and the Lord told me come back here there's going to be a revival but there ain't going to be no other different revival that the Lord's going to have than the apostolic revival it's going to be in the doctrine and we can't just accept everything that's going around we got to do we got to get in this word we got to fall in love with it and we say whatever the elders used to preach I want that I want that I'm going to receive that when my pastor starts coming against sin I'm going to say amen I'm going to get behind him I'm not going to make it hard on him I'm going to support him because he, he's trying to get me to heaven he's trying to get me to heaven and that's where we all want to be because then we don't have to fight the devil we don't have to worry about sin there's going to be no sin there it's going to be a good place and I'll tell you what you see one more thing here the enemy would love to say you know uh, you know would you live this way if there was no heaven I don't think any of us would try to live a different life and, and, and just you know try to make the crucify this flesh if there was no greater place but we do know there is a heaven we do know there's instructions that's going to get us there and this is how it's done it's through the doctrine and preaching of, of, of the word of God and um, it will bring apostolic revival and I'll be quiet here today I'm sure I said more than enough but um, it is the truth it is the truth today and if we can today I'm, I'm telling you it's going to take not doing something just because brother Luke's saying it or this is the way it is you know coming against all this but I'm telling you it's going to be us taking a step taking a stand and, and becoming apostolic so we can receive the apostolic revival if we want to see our church double in a year we're rounding down four or five months I think I've kept track of that I was comfortable with the place that I was at. The Lord worked me over. I'm not trying to hurt people here today. Let's thank the Lord for this doctrine. Lord, I thank you today, Jesus.